Hello everybody and welcome back to the Talking Wolves podcast. Hope you guys are keeping well and safe. My name is Dave and alongside me today is Matt Cooper. Matt, how's it going, man? Yes, mate, not too bad. Good to see you. How are you? Yeah, all good, mate. All good, thank good. you. Yeah, we're back for another podcast. We're going to be uh, talking about the end of the season today, uh, talking about those final three games against Burnley, Palace and Chelsea. We're going to be looking ahead to the Europa League uh, knockout stages. Uh, we're also going to be answering your questions and possibly even talking a little bit about some transfer rumours as well. But first of all, big shout out to our podcast sponsors at Pitch Football. Fantastic football app to go and check out. If you haven't already, I'll leave a link to that in the description of the video or the podcast. Uh, it's available on the Apple App Store uh, or the Google Play Store as well. Fantastic app just to interact with other fans really. You can put your predicted lineups, your predicted scores and you can write all sorts of elements of your team and as I say, interact with different fans from other clubs as well. So uh, yeah, Pitch Football app, big thanks to them and Check them out. Um, Matt, let's start off with the, the end of the Premier League season. I know it's been a couple of weeks now since those last three games, but um, I obviously want to gauge our thoughts on those and just talk about how we felt they went, really. Um, we're going to start off with a Burnley game, a midweek kickoff. Um, and let's start off with the lineup because the lineup for that game was uh, interesting, wasn't it? It seemed like Nuno really went for that with Vinagre and Adama both starting as wingbacks. We saw almost. You know, we saw Jota, Jimenez, Pedenz and Dahmer all on the pitch at the same time. I don't think anyone would ever expect that from a, from a Nuno team. I think the last time we saw that really was Cardiff at home last season. Well, season before. When he played yeah, when, oh, yeah, we well. played it on. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Game, yeah. I think that was a good, good win. We all saw it and thought, Christ, he's going for it here. But yeah. in reality, we didn't. <laughs> and that's not Nuno's fault, but we just didn't really go for it. And I don't think Adama really works as a, as a right wing back. He's got he's got to play, got to play for the pitch for me. But it was good to see him try something different because we've been screaming out for a change of system or personnel, and he tried it and it, well, it nearly worked for what ninety five minutes. But I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So what what do you think was wrong with it? I mean, we we attacked, we looked good. I mean, you look at the stats. We had 14 shots, only five of those on target again. Do you think Nuno knew Burnley were going to sit back and he just wanted to try and go at them all game? Or, you know, because if you think about it, other than, you know, Jimenez's shot was something sort of out of the blue, really. It wasn't like it was a clear cut chance. We didn't really have any other clear cut chances in the game, did we? No, I feel like we dominated the, dominated the game um, without creating real clear cut chances, which is a story of. Most of our games, really. Our chances are yeah. few and far between. It's luckily we've got Jimenez, Utop, who uh, more often than not puts them away these days. So that was an absolutely fantastic goal, though, by the way. What a finish that was. It's so yeah, instinctful. I think, that's a, yeah. I think a, if we won that game 1-0, that, that goal would get so much praise. Yeah. Like It, it Sup- was unbelievable. That. Superb. But again, it's just it's poor game management. Not from Nuno, but from, from, from the players. It's... We just retreat and we like we panic and it's it's the it's the Watford semi cup uh, semi final at a couple yeah. over again. It's so frustrating to watch. Like I just I just don't I don't know what happens. I, I, I just can't can't fathom it. Just invite pressure I, onto us so much, and especially a team like Burnley. Who if you say to them right, have the ball, put the ball into the box, I'll rub their hands together because that's the way they play. And in the end, it it worked. Yeah, I think a lot of people were pointing the finger after this result, mainly at the referee Mike Dean. Even even Sean Dyche, I remember, you know, was commented about some of the questionable decisions just throughout the game. Um, and ob- 
obviously, it came right to the end of the game. 96th minute, Chris Wood wins a penalty. You, you'd say he won the penalty, and obviously he scored it. I know your thoughts, you have made your thoughts pretty clear on this, Matt, on social media, but this is such, a, again, a decisive decision, and this is, uh, or indecisive, I should say, and this is another reason why VAR is going to get a bit of stick, where really, it's it's not quite VAR's fault, is it, this decision? It's, you know, balls come in, Chris Woods, you know, he's, he, he's gone for the overhead kick, which he has got a right to go for, to be fair, and Doc sort of handies up there, and... Uh, Mike Dean's given it, which I get, but I also get why fans are angry at it. Uh, but the VAR there is always going to back the referee in that decision, isn't he? He's never going to overturn something yeah. like that. You're so diplomatic, Dave. I know. I've, I've <laughs> got to be, mate. One of us has to. <laughs> um, I think it's a, it's, I think it's a stonewall penalty. You can't... Yeah. I, I get that it's instinctful that you protect your face if a boot comes up and if something comes to your face, you put your arm up, but... He's not really that close to him when you and when you slow it down frame by frame, and I, I appreciate that that's not the speed it's moving at, but he's jumped like like that, and if it hits your arm, he's a penalty. It, it, it is a penalty, and it was. I think it was the right decision for me, but in my my point of view, and I got absolutely slaughtered for this, was then everyone's going to think it's a dark agenda, and it's not because if any other player had done the same. I'd have, I'd have said the same for them, but put your head in where it hurts, worry about it later. It's, mm. it's those fine margins that um, that we haven't qualified, that are the reasons why we haven't qualified for Europe, and I'm not saying it's just that, but you look at like the Sheffield United game, um, you know, those those fine margins and just that lapsing concentration. I, mean, I don't know where Doc is for, to be, you know, in the first place. He's running in from a position that I'm not really sure what he's doing. Um, but again, you look at you look at Cody and Bolly, and so they're just napping. They're just napping, and um, for me, get your head in where it hurts. Worry about it later. Appreciate that uh, fans say, "Well, you know, it's it's happened quickly," but it's handball. It's handball. He's hit him on the arm, and he's not like he's right close to him. He's, he's jumping towards it. So yeah, no yeah. complaints to me. No complaints. But again, that wouldn't have happened if we wouldn't have shit ourselves and just retreated onto our six-yard box like we normally do. We did, to be fair, like, you know, we went we went for it. It was clear we went for it, but it's also clear the last two minutes of the game, we thought, you know what, let's just sit back now. Let's, we've done. We've been able to do it for 94 minutes. Let's absorb the pressure now. And you you, you and I both know as soon as Burnley get the ball into the box, they might win their head well, To be fair, Chris Wood missed an absolute sitter, didn't he? Yeah, just he moments before. Himself. And I thought, you know what, that could be the difference between us getting Europe and not. And Obviously, then. in the end, you know, you know. But um, yeah, Burnley just pumping that ball into the box, and they just know all it needs is a, a, a ricochet, a deflection, or just one, just fall into the big man, and they they get that little bit of luck. But like you say, with my with my gold tinted glasses on at the time, I was a bit frustrated. But it, it by the letter of the law, it is like you say, it is a stone wall. Well, me, you, and you were arguing in the group chat. So I was like, it's a penalty, <laughs> and you pair were like, sure, you fat twat, you don't know what you're on about. <laughs> like, like, but. I think once we'd kind of we calmed down when you calm down you actually yeah, watch it and see yeah, what happens I was assuming, I was like, he's bottled that and then obviously I was like perhaps I shouldn't have said that um, but it, it is a penalty but we had a free kick on the right hand side about a minute before that at Neto might have won the ball in the corner innit? Right, and Bolly was up for it I was like what are you doing 
<laughs> winning the game. It's like, just take it to the corner. They're trying to whip a ball into the box. Like, what are you playing at? It's just stupid, simple errors like that. They're just highly avoidable. Uh, yeah, well, it was. I mean, that uh, that game. You know, we'll talk about it uh, after we've reviewed all three games. But you know, that game and obviously the Sheffield United game you highlighted earlier could be. Well, they they are big catalysts towards Wolves possibly. You know, falling out of the the top six. But we will we'll talk about that a bit more in depth uh, shortly after. They did bounce back though. Two 0 win against Palace. Um, I was quite surprised that Nuno sort of almost sort of reverted back to. What you'd say is our standard way of playing. However, he did introduce Dendonka in for Sace, which was an interesting one. Um, looking back at it, um, someone that I know on Twitter highlighted that how, how much Sace struggled with Zaha, Zaha. earlier on yeah. in the season. Yeah, He um, got sent off, didn't he? Yeah, yeah second booking, I think, yeah. But the fact that Dendonka is coming in, and he slotted into that quite well. And it was it was a very much straightforward win for Wolves, wasn't it? My Palace have been very, very disappointing uh, since the restart. And... Um, mm. Yeah, Pedence getting a goal with his head. I mean, that was a... All it needed there, wasn't it? It was a very... Wolves looked dominant, but we hadn't looked close at scoring. It just needed that little bit of quality from Matinho, wasn't it? They just absolutely broke that defence. I mean, mean, Palace were there to be be got out. They'd not won in five, had they? They'd lost five on the bounce. It was even longer than that. I think it was six. Something like that. I just just thought the writings on the wall here, they're going to come tomorrow and you absolutely spank us. (laughs) I think Um, we all thought that. That Wolves managed the game well, but like in the first half, they look sloppy on the ball. Like Bolly, Bolly's been even Johnny. Or, yeah, Bolly was. Bolly's been poor since lockdown resumed. Personally, that's what I think. He's not the same player he was beforehand. But um, that goal, I mean, it's it's vintage Doc, isn't it? Really, those kind of runs. So intelligent with his forward running. I know you know you know. I give him a, a bit of stick sometimes. People might think it's unjust, but it is 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 offensive. Um, uh, kind of his runs and stuff um, that was just like vintage doc it was it was fantastic but the ball for Matinho it was just it was inch perfect and I think yeah. probably only two players on the pitch who could have could have done that and that was him or Neves um, and yeah it's a fantastic goal and good to see Pedence on the score sheet he's um, he's looked a, he's looked a good player since he's um, it, since he's been introduced to the team I'm kind of I'm, I'm glad he's got his chance because it looked like for a while it was going to be Catroni Mark II and exiled, but doesn't <laughs> yeah. seem to be um, doesn't seem to be the case. I know he's been linked with a move away already, which I suppose you put two and two together and get nine as most journalists do. But um, but yeah, it was it was a really work well worked goal. But again, in the first half there was moments of sloppiness. I mean, Pally should have scored in a Jeffrey Schluck chance in the first half, but. I think the second half walls were better and really, really controlled the game in that second half. And a bit of magic from Adama um, on that right hand yep. side for Johnny's goal, which again was a was a, was a striker's finish. Yeah, I mean, I, I we'll go quickly go back to that Pedence goal. I think, like you say, that Matinho or Neves it would provide that little bit of magic on the edge, and that's all we needed. It it was obvious Wolves were the stronger team, but we just hadn't created anything as such. We just needed that little bit of magic. Uh, but we have done that once or twice before this season. I I remember the you know where uh, Jota's over goal against Punic mm. was very similar to that. Jimenez just like dinking the ball over the defenders, and I, I can't remember us doing it once or twice this season. But that one was just brilliant. Like the the fact you know Pedence. All, almost knew what was going to happen as Matinho kicked the ball. Matinho into Doc, and then you're allowing 
arguably one of the smallest players in the Premier League to, to just score the easiest goal of his career and it's with his head. Um, you but like you say, he's well, you John, want to put money on Pudenci's first goal from the Prem to be in the head. Yeah, no, exactly. I put it on Twitter. I said, yeah. I said a five foot four winger scoring a header, unbelievable. And someone put, well, yeah, it was an open goal though. I was like, oh, I mean, that's <laughs> point, is it, mate? you know, he's, a, he's but, a busy um, player, man. He makes he, his runs are a lot different to what Neto's you know what I like a lot, and I don't think you know. You know when he's got a defender on him, he gets the ball and like flicks it over the head. Like have you seen that when he, he he's done yeah. it? He does it almost every time. He like he almost does like a sombrero flick over the head every time. It's class when it and he, he's pulled yeah. it off a few times. Yeah, he's he's like, like, he's, a, he's he's runs are different to like Neto and uh, and Jota's. Like I don't think Neto or Jota would have been there for that goal. I like uh, watching him. I just don't think he, he doesn't look like a footballer to me. He doesn't look like he should be able to do what he's able to do. But the power and the acceleration he can actually get behind the ball. He's a bit like Jota, I think, as well. And the fact that, you know, when Jota's on the ball, you don't actually think he's going to be that quick. But the way Jota, when he's on it, yeah. the way defenders bounce off him and just can't win the ball. I, don't, I, don't I think, think for Dents is. Just that, it's like quick with the ball. Like some players yeah, are yeah. quick and when they get the ball, they're a bit useless. But like Jota and Pedence, they can actually like run at full speed. And yeah. carry the ball yeah. well, but because he's got such a low centre of gravity, you'll be you'll be he's turning yeah. centre half easily because he's like he, when I play against someone small, obviously not the standard that they are. Like I'm quite a big yeah. fellow. If I play against someone small, I like I just get the run around because not they turn and I'm still trying to find my feet. It's just, I'm saying it's, it's like hard. you know. Yeah, sometimes the bigger defenders they turn like the Titanic, and before yeah. you know it, your player's already five yards ahead of you. So. Yeah, the right to knock um, off the ball as well, just because they're like so close to the ground. It's like, it's like Hazard. I know that's what people say. It's like Hazard, but he's not. But he's similar in terms of like stature and build. Like yeah. Hazard's got a massive batty as well, and he like uh, <laughs> like our Dan. <laughs> yeah, we got back. Yeah, yeah, yeah back off and for this. <laughs> no. Um, I think you're right, but like even when the defenders get a touch on the ball, by the time they're trying to get it under control, Pedenzi's got mm. the ball back and he's already passed. And like, you saw that so many times against Everton. You saw it once or yeah. twice against Palace. And I think his decision it's good to see him. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's good to see him that and getting that bit of game time as well. There's a couple of times with Burnley where he was driving forward the ball and what we ended up losing it, and it was like you've made the wrong decision there. Because I just yeah. I don't know. Perhaps he's trying a little bit too much to impress and get his chance, but. I think that was one of his criticisms at Olympiacos. Like it, it's just his final decision was sometimes a little bit, a little bit wayward. But no complaints from me so far. I think he's looked a really good player, and hopefully we we utilize. I don't think he's going to be like a world beater and start every game for us. But he's a very good player to have around. He's a, he's a different option. Although we can play in two or three positions, yeah. he's different to what we've got really. And it'll be interesting to see. Obviously, I'd assume we'll keep him over the summer. It'll be interesting to see, yeah, what it'd be like after yeah. a full season, yeah. Um, and, and like I say, I'll quickly touch on Johnny Gold. I think you're right. Adama's run then. The thing is with Adama, and I think I've said it in a podcast before and possibly even plenty of reviews, he's just a player that could possibly do nothing for 89 minutes. But that other minute of the game, when Adama gets the ball and turns up, he just needs that little bit of brilliance from him and he will create you a goal. It's happened so many times and... Um, I think against Chelsea, which we'll talk about shortly, I think I was, uh, I was a little bit vocal about Adama because he just he just didn't seem, he just wasn't, he's still not clever enough off the ball. The guy could, you know, take on every player and run past every player in the world, but off the ball, he still needs that little bit of work. Um, but you know, I think that's that sort of stuff can be coached into you, and I'm I'm hoping, and I think we all know another full season under Nuno and Adama's value could skyrocket again next season. I think that's what we're uh, what it we're just, all hoping again. 
he misses quite a few big chances. Though. I mean, there's one in, one in Palace, weren't there? One against Palace where he'd, he'd like broke through and it was like, I think it was against Palace and like he he forced the keeper to make a save from like the right, and it was it was like a half chance. If he, if he'd have placed it, he'd probably scored. But again, he, he's like, I know his his goal return and assist returns are a, a lot better this season. But yeah. The amount of games he's played and stuff, and the amount of good chances and good positions to get into. I think Tim Spears says the same. Like you'd expect more from someone whose apparent value is 130 million, which is a hands-off warning if ever I've seen one. Yeah. I know, and uh, we'll move on to the final game of the uh, the Premier League recap. Final game of the season. Wolves just needed to equal or better Tottenham's result, or even better, just get a win to wrap up sixth place. And they came up against Chelsea, who obviously needed something out of the game to. Um, to get top four, it was a disastrous performance, wasn't it, Matt? Really against Chelsea, it was a weird, weird game. You look at the lineup again for Wolves. After Dendonka was pretty solid, I was surprised to see Sais come back in. Um, but again, Pudence dropped this time for for Jota. We saw Neto start, which I think a lot of people were excited for because he hasn't had many starts. But what do you think went wrong in this game, Matt? Was it the team selection? Was it the way we set up? Was it a bit too defensive? And obviously, we, we didn't get the best of luck with. Um, the referee decision for that free kick either. I don't really know why he's not played Matinho and he's not played Adama because if you if you're a if you're an opposition fan or a player, you look at Wolves, you think Jimenez, cracking player, Adama, so dangerous. Neves and Matinho together, they've got a great partnership. You take Adama and Neves out of that, uh, Adama and Matinho, and that you think, bloody hell, we've got a chance here. We're up for this. And you automatically yeah. give Chelsea a bit of a a rile up and. I mean, Jota's dangerous, but we all know what Jota's been like this season, in particular since the restart. And um, it was just, it was just an utter shit show from start to finish. It was so bad. It was so, so bad. And yeah, it's, um, it was, a, it was a terrible refereeing decision. Perhaps a little bit naive from Neto to get his foot up there because if that's one of our players, and you know that. Say Alonso puts his foot up on net on the edge of the box. You want him to go down and you want him to win the foul. And I think mm. he think he would, but uh, maybe being a little bit harsh there and on Neto, but no problems with the free kicks. As soon as they give it away, I said to my dad, "Like this is just going in because Mount's class and so is Alonso from the set pieces." Yeah. And what what followed after that for the second goal? Well, I'm gonna let you sum it up because. You'll be just, just going for it. <laughs> what is it? Well, it? It's another for me for for a team that def- his defensive record is very very sound in Wolves, and you know the the uh, you you look at our losses, the, the amount of games that we haven't you know haven't lost this season. You you'd think Wolves would be so much better set up defensively than this, but there's so many players you can pinpoint a blame on here. Um, you look. You look at the screenshot. Yeah, was it from our own free kick? I believe as well, or yeah, our own Cody attack. Pumping the ball up to Jimenez against Zuma and and Rudiger. Yeah, um, who, um, who yeah. certainly there to be got at because neither one of them is much cop. Um, yeah, not that we tested them. So yeah, the ball got pumped up. <laughs> I, I said you'd explain it, but just Jimenez. Like you say, anyone's to blame. Um, yeah, he's good in the air. Them two are, are, are great, especially Zuma, who's an absolute animal. Um, but yeah. again, there to be got at. And the balls come straight back, and I'm not really sure what Sage is doing. He, I think he's just ball watching. Yeah, he, he gets drawn out. So, oh, just it's just calamitous. And then 
And Co- I, don't, I don't really know what Cody's doing. I just... I, I, I don't really know between the pair of them what they've thought there, but it was funny to watch if you weren't a Wolves fan. You wouldn't look at that. You wouldn't look at that Wolves defence, that game, and think... These lot are trying to get Europa League. You think these lot had already been had already gone down under a relegation scrap? Lot those kind of mistakes don't happen to a side who were who at the start of the restart were trying to get Champions League football. But Cody got a, a lot a lot of stick after that. But I don't know who, who's more to blame. Like I just don't know what Sace is doing. Like he come out and just like froze. You got, you got. Like I've seen someone put a screenshot of it on the other day. The 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 Sace's decision there was weird because mm. he's sort of marking the half space. So he, the actual position he was in was okay for the scenario he was in. He was sort of blocking off the, you know, the space in and around him. But then as soon as he closes down the ball, he's opened up a whole gap. But you see the start of that move for Chelsea. Johnny, who's our left wing back, is still in Chelsea's half. Um, and obviously he's re- like on paper he should be back there defending that as well. And then the fact that you know you got a, you know Patricio comes out. Obviously he tucks his legs in because he knows as soon as he sticks his leg out, Giroud's going to go down. He's going to give away a penalty. Well. Yeah, and then Cody's. It's almost like he's dwelled on the ball, isn't he? I don't know. I don't know. But then Giroud's almost just sort of jogged past him and, and smashed it in. So he's either got to be stronger there or just just wail it just wail it away get rid of it um, because if we go in there at half time at 1-0 you know second half all we've got to do especially with the Spurs result at the end all we've got to do is, is get one goal the fact then we've got to get ourselves two or three goals against a top four team just makes it so much more difficult uh, and uh, you know the final the final position in the table could be so much better if we just cut out silly mistakes. I know a couple of games this season we've struggled to score in, like that game against Chelsea. But if you cut out silly mistakes, we're going to get a lot more points from these games. Mm. I think I think the first three games after lockdown kind of tainted everyone's vision a bit. I was the same. I was like, you know what? We're actually, we're actually a quality side. Like we're beating teams without getting out of second gear. But in hindsight, how bad were those three? West Ham, Bournemouth and Villa. And then yeah. when it, it's mattered and we come up against a tougher test, we, some say bottled it, some say I haven't been good enough, but all in all, we failed the test. That's that's how I see it. And our season in in the Prem and you know t- not taking Europa League into consideration with the really tough running that we've got, should we beat Olympiacos, was over in two minutes. But t- those two goals, it, it was just went down the shitter within. Two minutes and one silly error um, uh, 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 as, as cost us, really. But again, it's those fine margins. Like I said, you look at the Burnley goal and the Sheffield United goal. Is it a lack of concentration? Um, is it ability? I don't know. I mean, I, I, I personally, I like Cody. I like what he brings to the side. Sometimes his defensive one-on-ones is questionable, but his distribution is very good. He organises well. But then some players, um, some fans call for his head. It's like I, I, I don't know. Like I always think, if you can bring some, if you can bring someone in who's an improvement, you do it. And but and I don't think there's room for sentiment in the top echelons of of European football. But some fans seem to think that that's being negative, but it's not. It's just you want you want to strive for better. And if if it if it makes financial sense and. It's like if Harry Kane was like, became available, 
would would fans say no because we've got him in it? Of course you wouldn't. If Harry Kane's available, you go and get him. You know, it's like if you can yeah. improve and it makes sense, and you can't improve in positions that may need improving because players aren't available, then then you do it. You you, you improve what you've got, and that's that's how you build. But I know we're talking about the Chelsea game, but I think there does need to be a shake-up. I think they need three, four, potentially five, but not squad players. We need players who are going to come in and improve the eleven because we need to be taken to that next level now. We've, we've finished seventh twice in a row, which is, considering in the championship two years ago, is great, and I've got that perspective, but we kind of stood still a little bit. All right, we got a bit better points tally, but... The position we were in at the start of lockdown compared to now, um, we, we, we have thrown it away. And I think sometimes it was a, maybe a, a lack of quality where I think better players may not have made those mistakes. So I think four or five players with two or three coming in to actually improve the eleven. Because if you look at recruitment the past year or so, Catrone... Whether you think he was good enough or not, personally, I didn't. Hasn't worked out. Vallejo was, uh, yeah, disastrous. Jordao um, is uh, potentially one for the future, but from what I've seen, don't think he's going to probably play for Wolves uh, consistently. And Neto's been been great. He's a real gem. And Pedence again, good player. But with how long have we waited to see him? The recruitment has been really poor, really poor, and we can't afford to have another window where. 25% of our signings have been good enough to start and the rest the 75% of of either Saturday under 23s all left. Well, I think I think you're right you got 75% there like you say you look at Catroni and Vallejo were both brought in I think on paper everyone expected those two to come in and and to be first team players and and to rival the likes I think we all expected Vallejo to take over Bennett's place and I thought we all expected Catrone to be a strong rival for Raul Jimenez's place in the team. I think we're all uh, most people are excited for those transfers, but I, th- I think you know when you're spending what was it 16 to 18 million on someone like Patrick Catrone, you are expecting at any level of football um, to to get a, a good return back off that, and it obviously didn't quite work out. So it's, it will be. I think it is a big window. Mm. I think a lot of people aren't expecting um, money to be spent much, but I think Nuno has has realised ever since January, really. You know, he's made a couple of comments about squad size, hasn't he? And I think um, I'm expecting to see three, four, possibly even five first-team players through the door. I think Wolves have got to try their best to utilise the loan market a bit more as well. We did it so um, well in like, the Championship, but since we've come up, we haven't really... Even no, the first, even the first season though we had De Donker on loan. Jimenez, okay, that yeah. was our obligation to buy. Jimenez was on loan. Johnny was on loan. Like you got three players there who are still first team players that we had on loan. And other than De Donker, whereas it was sort of an obligation, the other two, if they were rubbish, and we could we could have been them off after half a season mm. or a full season, and you've saved yourself what in their case forty five fifty million pounds there. Um, I think we've got to try, but there's so many big teams now and contracts running low. I know it's ridiculous. Hammers Rodriguez, mate, if, if you get Mendes involved and say, right, we want to take him for six months to a year on loan, we'll try and cover you know most of his wage or half his wage. Real Madrid will be will be happy to do that and we get an obligation to buy. If he's good, we'll buy him. Happy days. And I think I, I was so surprised when we didn't utilise that more. We only had who Vallejo on loan. Um, and, and especially with us being in Europe I think it was so short-sighted that we didn't invest in the loan market a lot more 
before. Yeah, I think their excuse was that the qualifications were still going on when it closed. I it think they were scared to bring in those players. Was it after the United game in the cup when Nuno said we need players? It yeah, in January, yeah, we yeah, signed one. Yeah. Didn't we? Right, that's the first time we've ever heard him really speak out, like a message to the board about transfers. But I'm not entirely sure I buy that Nuno wants a small squad. Um, oh, he's mate. He's com- he's he's complained about I, it too I, I much. Know, now, the last, I'm not 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 recently. I'm not entirely sure that but I, I since the turn of the year, he that, definitely said it three or four times. Certainly wouldn't want it as small as, as it was then. And luckily, we've and been okay. That's why I think that January was. It's like, it's like the Battle of the Sun in January, weren't it? It was bodies everywhere. Like We, we really <laughs> struggled um, with, with injuries. I mean, Vinagra was out, was a, was a darn had an injury too. Um, there was, there was, Johnny there was, a few. was out for Johnny, well. yeah, Bolly. And before you know it, yeah. you've got like one of the under sevens populating your bench. Um, <laughs> well, the, the main thing is, is still Raul Jimenez. If he gets injured, like who are you relying on for goals in that team? I don't Since the restart, right... Well, that's what I mean. Since the restart, if genuinely if Jimenez got injured, you've got Jota who looks out of sorts since the restart at least. I, I, and who's going to play up front? Who can you partner with up front? Who would you play up front in a three striker system? Who could you play up front up with, alongside Jota in a two striker system? You, no I can't one. think of anyone. Jota would have to lead the line on his own. And, and it's you, you can't really, you know. Jota's been really, really poor. You, I don't get it. Such a confidence yeah. player. And it's a shame, and I, you know, you know, he's performed well in the Europa League this season. I hope we can uh, we can see him back to his best on um, on Thursday against the Olympiacos. But it, it's going to be an interesting summer for sure. We'll we'll talk about uh, transfer rumours and stuff a little in a little bit as well. Uh, but Matt, we're going to look ahead to the Europa League. We are playing the Olympiacos. Obviously, that's classed as our second leg. But from there, if we do get through all the rest of the games, we're in Germany. They're one-legged ties. We'll play either Sevilla or Roma if we get through this one. Most probably Manchester United if we get through that one. What, what what do you think? Let's talk about the game against Olympiacos first. What do you think ahead of this game? We've seen the news, Jose Sarr, their goalkeeper's out. How do you rate Wolves' chances at 1-1? Well, if you don't beat them, then we don't... We don't have, we, no, you don't deserve to win it. I know, obviously, you won't if you don't beat them, but I can't be funny. <laughs> like, if you don't score a goal, you're not going to win the game. <laughs> Sometimes it's, we have to score goals. It's true, though. Look, if you, if you want to... Win something like that. Eventually, you are going to have to beat the best. And if we can't get past Olympiacos, and our chances against either Roma, uh, Sevilla, or Man United are fairly slim. Because I'm not no disrespect to Olympiacos, but the the three teams I've just mentioned are, are better than Olympiacos. Whether they're better than yeah. Wolves on the day, I don't know. Sevilla was a team that I really didn't want because they're Europa League specialists. The, the amount of times I've won it recently, um, Roma. Um, got quality, uh, uh, haven't they, or for the team? Yeah, the, 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 but I think I think we can match them. United have had a, a great turnaround since the um, since they brought Fernandin since the uh, since the restart. But then they fought like the game against West Ham. Like they were they were dreadful. So uh, even Leicester, I think they were a bit ropey last yeah, game of the season. Yeah. And you know they're going to get a penalty at some point anyway. So that never helps. But if we don't, if we if we don't beat Olympiacos, then we don't deserve to crack on with it anyway. Because we're a better team than then, so it's uh, I can't I can't see us losing it. Depend it depends how we turn up. If we turn up against how we did against Chelsea, I won't be surprised if they beat us. But play like we did against Everton, which is probably the only time in lockdown where I thought God, we're playing some really good stuff here. 
If we, if we turn up yeah. and play like we did against Everton, we'll we'll put three or four past them. But as we found out since the restart, we're not sure what Wolverhampton Wanderers are going to get at the minute. I just hope the break's done them good and we go in and we have a go and we see them off. Yeah, and I, I, I thought, to be fair, I've just checked, I thought the Greek uh, league no, finished quite early. Uh, yeah, I, and I've just realised, I thought it was one of those that sort of quit like at the start of lockdown, but obviously they have carried on. Olympiacos have won that league uh, quite comfortably in that, so they're going to be they're going to have that little bit of momentum going into it. You'd think on paper, you know, looking at both teams, that Wolves should beat them, and it was a weird game, wasn't it, the first leg? But I think, like you, like I, I think I said it after Espanyol, across two legs, Wolves have got a good chance against anyone in the world. I said that against mm. Espanyol, and I think. You know what, I'd, I'd still look at it and think now even across one leg, Wolves have got a chance against most teams in the world. Um, but like you say, if genuinely if you want to win it, you've got to beat teams like Olympiacos. Yeah. Sevilla Roma, I think is going to be a very difficult game. Manchester United, you know, we know what they're capable of. We play them, what we've played them four times this season already. And um what well, we've had, we've got no we we've drawn against them home and away. We've drawn awesome. against them again at home cool, in the cup. And it was a narrow defeat in the cup. Mm. Obviously, they've bolstered their team. They look a little bit stronger. They look, you know, more informed now, scoring goals. But genuinely, again, that could be a tight game. And I've I've just got a weird feeling after this sort of negative week or so, where in my opinion, I know we've not really spoke out a, a huge amount. In my opinion, I would have snapped your arm off for seventh place. And I'm still obviously I am gutted that we've missed out on definite qualification for the Europa League next season. But I've still got a weird feeling that you know we're going to turn up. And do something now over the next few weeks. One game, you know, if we turn up, you know what it, you know what it's going to be like. Pedence is going to want to prove a point against Olympiacos, and I think the front three should probably be Adama, Jimenez, and, and Pedence. Mm, uh, I'm sure you'd probably agree with that, maybe. Yeah, and I too would have would have snapped your arm off for for seventh place, um, regardless of whether you qualify for Europe or not. I said with you, Europa League, want a good run in that. Which if we beat Olympiacos, you'd say we've had a good run. Get to a quarter final. Yep. I think that's. I think that's 100%, a very good yeah. one. Um, I said between. I said tenth for tenth, tenth or twelfth would be good enough for me if we had a good run. And here we are in seventh. The reason why I'm pissed off is because we were three points off third place. That's what's annoying. So that's why I'm not snapping your hand off for seventh because it's always what could have been. And we said when we did the podcast um, before the restart, like this. This season is an opportunity for Wolves to do something really, really special, and that can still happen in Europa League. But in in the Premier League, it's been a real letdown and a real disappointment for me. Um, but hopefully, in the Europa League, we have that kind of spark again, and, and we do well. Look, I don't, I don't think we're going to win it, but I just hope we don't go out of a whimper. I hope we really have a go, and and who knows? But yeah, I just, I just hope we we have a go and. And um, the, the the lads make us proud. Yeah, hundred percent. And I am I'm really looking forward to it. It's gonna be a, uh, it's gonna be a great game against Olympiacos, I'm sure. And I'm hoping that we can turn up. Hoping we can get through to the next round because I think once you got Wolves lining up against teams like Sevilla and Roma, you know it's gonna be a, a really tasty game. And I think Wolves will give a game to to most of the teams left in the competition there. And um, We'll quickly let's do the transfer rumors first, Matt. We've got yep. loads of questions which we'll fire at after, and I think you know we'll quickly talk about them. Um, Ryan Bennett looks like he's 
possibly off. Norwich uh, have inquired about him because it looks like they've got some interesting current defenders. I mean, it, it look it's pretty obvious, Matt, that Ryan Bennett's future isn't at Molyneux, and I think yeah. Norwich is more or less for him and his family the perfect place back to go, isn't it? Yeah, and um, he's not good enough for Wolves. I think as a bit of business, it's it was it was a great bit of business. He was good in the Championship. Wasn't too bad in the league last season. I think he surprised everyone, yeah, didn't he, yeah. in the Premier League. I think he was one of the players when we went up that I think a lot of fans expected to probably yeah. you know, replace quite quickly. And he, he held his own for most of yeah. last season. But those are the players that you've got to, you know, you've got to get rid of eventually if you want to, if you want to improve. I think. Well, that's what you said. Like you said, yeah. you can't, you ain't got room for sentiment, and exactly. that's exactly what, they're, the what they've done with that one. That corner sentiment yeah. was got, what got us relegated to League One, um, but. He's not good enough for Wolves. Is he good enough for the Premier League? I'm not too sure, but he's a cracking Championship centre half. And whatever happens to him, I wish him I wish him all the best. He's not he's not good enough to play for this current Wolves side, but he's been a good servant to the club. I think him and Nuno may have had a falling out after the Everton game away this season, which is maybe yep. one of the reasons why he's been kind of ushered out. But like I said, uh, been a good servant to the club, been a good player at times, and whatever he does in his future endeavours, I, uh, I I wish him all the best. Um, striker situation this is going to be I think the talking point with the whole of summer Matt. Raul Jimenez uh, possibly on his way out Paulinho of Braga possibly coming in we've got Paulinha as well from Sporting just to confuse Matt as it was on loan at Braga God, let's talk about the whole Jimenez <laughs> yeah yeah uh, let's talk about Paulinho Paulinha Paulinha I, I noticed your finance earlier as well. Finance, I didn't, I didn't yeah, call mate, just in yeah, case. Get, get that clip, bro. Patrick Cotrone. Radi Tomas. Classics. Um, <laughs> Raul Jimenez, Matt, I mean, the, I, think, I think the Manchester United thing was a bit of a throwaway comment from the Portuguese press uh, regarding Palinho, but then there was a pretty hefty claim from AS that there have been, you know, Juventus are close to making an eighty million pounds, you know, bid or you know, an eighty million pound move for Jimenez, and I think we all know how big and how crucial Raúl Jimenez is. But that sort of money, mate, for any player in this current Wolves team, you can't be turning down close to eighty million pounds, can you? I think for someone who's twenty nine, who's had two very good seasons, to yeah. get, uh, was it, was it, how much money was it? Like eighty three million or something daft like that. Eight like million euros, so it's probably yeah, close to about seventy five million. Um, we paid what 30, 28, 29 for him potentially yeah. 30 to make that kind of return already in, in a year yeah. financially it, it makes sense and I don't think anyone's going to pay that much for him anyway but he's going to be continue to link with clubs like that and I'd be gutted if he left but if someone came in with that kind of money you can't you can't say no and you know what you can't stop him he's come to Wolves He's done fantastically well and it wasn't really part of Benfica's plans too much. Only came off the bench and he's proved everyone wrong. And um, he deserves to play for one of Europe's elite. He does. He's proven that. He's proven that he's now a world-class striker. And I think at the age of 29, he knows his, his days are not numbered, but you know he's coming towards the, the middle slash latter end of his career. Um, for a player that doesn't over rely on his pace I think he'll have a bit more year, a few more years left in him but he might want that big move and he might want to move now while his kid's still really really young and have them grow up in a different place he, he might not want to move that kid on in a year when he's grown up learning English or being around you know probably not going to be speaking much at the age of one but you know he, he wants that stability don't Wang, <laughs> Raul um, but you know you don't you, you, you got, you've got a family and stuff you, you, think, you do think about these things so I'm not well, sure. I think for him now, it's going to almost be a perfect time if he's going to upstick. Exactly. It's going to be now when you kids, you, you know. 
You can't yeah. blame him, and he's been he's been tremendous. And I'd, I'd be absolutely gutted if he left. But when you're not competing at the top, and you've got players such as Neves and Adama and Jimenez, they, I'm afraid these things are going to happen, and the top clubs are going to cherry pick our talent. It'll be interesting to see how many of these players still want to be part of the project, and we're not in Europe. I suspect the only player who would possibly leave is Jimenez. But I wouldn't be surprised if someone else did too. Cause I'll I'll be intrigued because most of them have joined when we're in the championship or not even in European football. Uh, of course, they've probably been sold the projects, but I think everybody in that club probably didn't realise how quick they were going to get it and how well we've done again this season. So I'm mm. hoping you know that 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 sort of common sense part of it is enough for them to stay. I don't think Jimenez is the type of player to refuse to play as well. You know, you get those transfer no. sagas where players will refuse to play. Because uh, the transfer window goes on a long time. And this is the type of rumour that could go on way into October when the transfer window shuts. Um, but it, it's going to be a very, very interesting one. Like I say, I think £80 million pounds is, or €80 million, Euros, sorry, is a lot of money. And for probably all the players in our team, possibly with the exception of maybe Adama, I'd, I'd possibly you know ask for a, a tad more. But even Adama, I think I'd have to have a... A long sit down and think about that sort of money to be honest so um i think i think deep down if walls accepted an offer he would go he's not been forcing oh, a it's move, not like he's, he's not refuse, exactly be, yeah, he's, he's not, not been exactly rejecting moves as if he, if he took a look at how he's talking in lockdown he wasn't exactly yeah. playing moves down he was openly speaking and naming clubs so it's obviously on his mind but i don't think he's the sort of player to go out in the open saying oh, i want to leave but i think if I think if a bid came in for like 70 million from, I don't know, say like Atletico Madrid or somewhere like that, or like Barcelona, and Wolves rejected it, I think that's when you might see a little bit of movement from Jimenez in terms of what's going on. So, I don't think anyone's yeah. going to pay that for him though. Well, it's going to be, I still don't think, I'm surprised Juventus have even been rumoured well, with that amount of money. I can't see. Probably no probably yeah, 16 a load of players or whatever. Who, who knows? Yeah. Um, the uh, well, his replacement or possible backup is Paulinho uh, from Braga. But I know you for thirty million pounds. I know you're not a big fan of this move, are you? Or you don't think it's, you know? It's not. He's not, not a big, a big name, fan. But I just feel it's a. We also decide about Jimenez, like, oh, you know, he, he, you know, he might, he's probably not good enough for the Prem. But I just feel a little bit underwhelmed by it. I've been seeing him playing stuff like he's obviously scored a load of goals, but. I don't know, if, if he's brought in alongside Jimenez, well, you know what, fair enough, he's got good pedigree this season, he scored a, a load of goals, but I don't know, I, I can't help but feeling underwhelmed, and if we get 80 million for, or 75 million for all, or how much of it is, then mm. I'd probably want us to be spending a little bit more on a striker with a bit more, bit more about them. He's, he's obviously done well in the Portuguese league and, and done well in Europa League, but I don't know. I just it's a bit older as well, isn't he? He's still, you know, he's what 27, 28 as well. And that's not yeah. me writing him off. And of course, if he signs for Wolves, I'll get behind him. Want to do his best as he can. But you're asking me now, as as a Braga player, do you, would you spend 30, 35 million on him? And the answer is no. And our, our good friend of the podcast, Ali got Alex Goncalo, she's he said the same. Like the um, <laughs> you're laughing at you. <laughs> uh, I just shook my head. <laughs> I didn't say the word. <laughs> I, forgot, um, I, I forgot you could see me. <laughs> 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 we um, even he said like the the price is ridiculous. It's so overinflated. So again, 
I trust Alex's opinion on Portuguese football and I just think it is a little bit overpriced, especially in the current climate. So, I don't know. It sounds like Wolves are trying to get the price down, to be fair. But it's yeah. uh, but this uh, it's a bit like the Nelson Oliveira situation. If you if they wanted him that bad, Wolves, they'd just spend the thirty million on him, wouldn't they? And the same with Nelson Oliveira, they were they were haggling for two million quid. If you wanted him, you'd just pay the two million extra quid and get him. So, so glad um, we didn't with that. We'd have been stuck with him now. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I mean, let's move on to the questions because we've got loads of questions more about transfers as well. So I'm sure we'll uh, get some stuff in. Guys, always keep an eye out on the social medias because we always ask for questions before uh, the podcasts as well. Um, we've had a couple about the Europa League we'll talk. Uh, we'll start off with Sam, Sam Banks. Um, if we sign Alan St. Maximin, who is also another player linked with Wolves or a bit of a throwaway link, if I'm honest, um, which of our four wingers would you sell? So I think basically Sam's saying, I think everyone knows there's enough wingers in the squad, but if St Maximin was available and you had to replace a winger, which one would it be out of our four probably, wingers? Probably Jota, because I think they'd go for a similar price. And I'd probably that would probably offset the books a little bit. Um, I don't think... Who do you think is better player out of those two? That's a hard <laughs> um, question. Jota on his day. But yeah. how often is he on song at the minute? St. Maximan's yeah. really, really entertaining to watch. He's also really entertaining to just have around. Then he's a, he seems a top fella. Mm-hmm. Um, look, Jack was not going to go because he's Nuno's son. But if I was going to sell someone, I think it'd be him. Um, because I still think you'd get 45, 50 million for him. I mean, he's got like 15 goals this season, something like that. I think people will look at that and think no, he's, he's had a good season. But he's just... It's just too inconsistent for me and I think it would probably be Jota because Pedence, you're not probably going to make much more on him, maybe 20, 25 million. Neto is certainly one for the future and I think Adama at the minute is irreplaceable unless you got someone like St Maximan. So. I think that's if I had to replace someone, it possibly I'd only sign St Maximan if I got rid of someone like Adama. Although it would be amazing to see them both in the sort of same lineup, But regarding that link, by the way, guys... That was a rumour back in Feb, I think, from the Mail, who posted it. And they said if Wolves were to lose Adama this summer, they would go in for St Maximin. Then they did a big article about who, which positions every Premier League team wanted and the players they were looking at. And Wolves wanted wingers and strikers, according to them. And St Maximin was the only player on that list for Wolves. Hence why the report and rumour got has been spoke about again this week. So there's it's, been really uh, nothing fresh on that for, what, six months anyway. Tedious so. link, isn't it? Really? Yeah, yeah, very tedious, yeah. Um, who knows yeah. now the takeover hasn't happened. Yeah, you, might, you might be able to get him on the cheap. Yeah, but we're a small club, according to Newcastle anyway. So, you might know, be able to get some slashy to socks as well from Sports Direct. <laughs> Lonsdale <laughs> trainers and 30 million, we'll have him. Um, Kieran Barker said, we fail, uh, we're failure to qualify for next season's Europa League. Uh, oh, no, will failure, sorry, will failure to qualify for next season's Europa League make it more difficult to keep hold of our best players or do you think the only real pull would have been Champions League with Europa League slash no Europa League? I don't really... Un- I'd assume he means... Do you think the only real pull would have been Champions... <laughs> I, I think what he's trying to say is do you think being in Europe or not next season is going to have a big pull and a big, you know, big thing on, on that? Big effect retention. on keep, yeah, keeping our players, yeah. I, I think... Not so much on retention, but more so on acquisition. You're probably not going to attract the top, top players that we could have in the Champions League or even in the Europa <laughs> League. I think 
I think players really value playing in Europe more so Champions League obviously but I think it is a massive selling point if if a, if a club like West Ham comes in for them and it's Wolves I think what Wolves have got over West Ham was Europa League football but now it's kind of like well I can go and live in Wolverhampton or I can go and live in London and I think the only players you might attract is potentially um, you know a lot of Portuguese players who are going to come and settle really quickly or you know but I think I think it will affect acquisition more so than retention. The only player I can possibly see going is Jimenez, as I've just said. But I think if we don't get European football the season after, then that's when I think we'll have a mass exodus. Yeah, I think I agree with you there. I think yeah, uh, Wolves got to remain competitive. We've got to remain up there, top top seven, top eight teams in the league, really con- consistently. Mm-hmm. And the fact we've done it for two years already is fantastic. And I think I think we should have no issue really because our club is at the moment no issue with keeping players I think possibly attracting interest like you said is, could be the uh, the biggest issue um, Tom Rouse has said have we failed this season if we don't get European football for next season or does it give us a better chance of top four or better next year so that's quite an interesting point actually, yeah you look really at Leicester this season and I know they've had a shit finish not they've not had any European football have they have they? Yeah. <laughs> have they? <laughs> um, um, and they, you know, were fighting. I mean, they were like, were they second for ages or third? Like, yeah, like second and third, yeah. clear of, of, of mm-hmm. United at one point. I know they fell apart, but I think having no European football for them has really helped. So, every time I've seen Leicester, apart from the Southampton game, when we played them, I thought they were poor. Like, I didn't really understand the whole... Should have been them both times. Yeah, as yeah, well. of course. And I think... Um, I don't think it's... I don't think it's a... F- in the grand scheme, I think it's probably not a failure. It's a failure because the position we were in with seven, eight games to go. But who knows? We, we, we might be able to push on now and get top four or five next season. But I think with United looking a lot better, Chelsea have... Uh, brought in three or four really quality players in, if they get Havertz over the line. I think yeah. Everton will be better under Ancelotti with a pre-season with him. I think Spurs will be better with Mourinho. You know, all of a sudden... You're Arsenal will at, be better as well. Yeah, with Arteta. He's done a really good job there so far. Won a, won a trophy. All of a sudden, you're looking at five, six, seven, eight teams potentially better than Wolves. And this is where... it's. I think this is why this season has been so frustrating because this has been a really good opportunity next season is going to be even tougher. Yeah, it is going to be interesting. And, um, you know, Europe, no European football, less games could give us that extra push. However, you know, we've taken the momentum from Europe in a lot of games. You know, we beat Besiktas late on and then went to Etihad three days after and beat Man City. Um, you know, Espanyol, we did lose in Spain, but then, you know, we used that to go to Spurs and beat them as well. You know, it's not like... It's it hindered us as such. Our, our record after European games has actually been not too bad in the league. So I think that'll be very interesting, I think, next season to compare. By the way, I like all these data analysts that have appeared on Twitter over the last week. I do like <laughs> some of them. Are, they are, To be fair, a lot of the threads that people have been putting regarding the club or regarding players that we've been linked with have been uh, been really good, actually, to read and stuff. So, um, the one that was it, Ryan? Is it Ryan yeah, Plant? big Ryan. Yeah, Ryan Plant. Yeah, that was a great friend. I did have that saved on my phone. About... Um... The, the one that he put up, I think, was a really well-measured debate. Um, it, was, it was a tremendous thing. I did message him saying, well, that's actually really insightful and it's not just bashing players. But then 
I saw another one where he was like, um, the reasons why Wolves have kind of bottled it. Um, his words, not mine. It might not have been his words, but um, I did think we bottled it, by the way. Um, but he was like, no squad depth sometimes, um, a bit naive in games, and the reasons why Wolves, uh, you know, you know, not excuses for this is like because you think the referee doesn't like Wolves and VAR. And yeah, like, it's so true because most of the decisions against Wolves Did are offsides you... and stuff. Yes, yeah. they're annoying. It's but, annoying. Yeah, but it, it, it's off, if it's offside, it's offside. It's not like they've made it up. Yeah, I do agree with yeah. that. It's the the one I liked was he did a, a comparison of uh, goal contributions by substitutes this season versus last season, and last season there were so many times Cavalero would come on and popped up with a goal or assist that had won us points. Whereas this season, I think it only happened, it's only happened a number of times. Catrone come off the bench twice or three times and scored goals or got an assist. Pedro Neto as well a couple of times. And I think Adama once or twice on there. But last season had quite a big, big difference in the amount of goals we were scoring. And whereas Nuno, like I said earlier, we haven't had a backup for Jimenez for half the season. Um, maybe you could say Neto and Cavalera, although they're quite different as players, you know that's been that almost like-for-like like substitution. But like we said earlier the, about the squad depth, it's um, a lot of it goes hand-in-hand, hand, really. We do need to uh, mm. to possibly look at that again this summer. And who knows, that could be a big difference in us. You know, the amount of draws we got, changing one or two them, of them to wins, and you're looking at top four again. All if buts and we need, a, we need a plan, though. Yeah. If you're looking at Nuno, at Valencia, sometimes he didn't even play with a back five. He went with a four and then like a, a holding midfielder behind two central midfielders. Like the the games, like you know, Richie's at home for it. Do we need to play five at the back? I just, I just don't think we do. But it's Even Burnley was we, it? Burnley. Yeah, we just need to have a, a, a sort of change in shape or like a plan B because it's so predictable what we're gonna do. And yeah, that's I, I think. Uh, a plan B, possibly a plan C, is something that needs to be looked at. But I don't think he will because he's too stubborn, and his philosophy is his philosophy. And you know he's got got to where he is in in his career. Obviously, he's a very talented man and knows a lot about football and has has, has done great things at Wolves. And if I was him, I would probably trust his process too because he lives and breathes it. Whereas we mm-hmm. just you know we see it once every. For 90, 90 minutes, minutes every week, exactly like yeah. they literally live and breathe it and see it on the training pitch every game. So he probably just get fed up with fans telling him that he needs to change the system and stuff, but <laughs> mostly us yeah. too. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I can't imagine yeah. he sat here watching Talking Wolves. Though. Yeah. yeah, someone's going to message him. Can you skip to 58 minutes on the podcast? Yeah, just timestamp it for him so yeah. he can listen. <laughs> um, someone, uh, Dan here, Dan Hugh. Hume has said people are being a bit un- bit unrealistic about the pulling power we don't have now. We may have Is no that about me competition. Or uh, I'm, I don't know. I, just, I assume fans. <laughs> um, I, I think he's saying basically we've signed some more than unbelievable talents in our team, and that was back in the championship. Who would you be your ideal transfer targets next year? God, we get asked so much, don't we? It's hard. It's hard to actually think of. Like obviously, I did a video on on the channel about five forwards we could look at, which I think were genuinely maybe other than Belotti, who I put as number one. Spoilers. I think the other four would genuinely possibly come in as as backup options or or at least rotation options for Raúl. But it's so hard to pinpoint transfer targets. I think what we can say is positions that we think would be wise. Yeah. Uh, a, a striker. Everyone uh, goes with Diaz, don't they? But from 
listening to the um, the TFO football podcast and uh, stuff that they do, if you, you if you do like a lot of insight and tactical stuff, really good. Go and check them out. Obviously, subscribe here first and like leave a like. <laughs> um, but they were like, Diaz isn't as good as they maybe first thought in struggles against the top sides, which concerned me a little bit because of the price tag being uh, slapped on him. But I think we can all agree that a left-sided centre-half is something that they need to go and get. Well, that's what the teams... A report from Sky Sports seems to think that's what we were looking at. But I think centre-back, uh, another right wing-back, depending on the situation with... Sanderson slash uh, Matheson. I'd probably be more comfortable with Matheson there, if I'm honest. Possibly another central midfielder and another striker. Four of those players there. Mm-hmm. And, and again, the, the usual bulking out of the under-23 squad, I think uh, would be good. I'd like to see Campana, see what happens with him in the summer. I think, you know, very, very surprised he didn't get a run out um, in any of the league games. You know, when we're free, I don't know if he was in the Everton squad, but, you know, when we're quite comfortable against your Palaces or Everton's, you know, you got opportunities like that, like Jordao came on for a little bit. But just give the likes of Raul a rest when you're two or three in the up. You know, the game's done and dusted. You ain't going to concede four goals, you know what I mean, or, or three goals. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm quite surprised. Do you think you'll ever see him, like, play for Wolves consistently? Campana? Yeah. Probably not. Probably not. I think that... That's the, I saw a lot of people moaning the other day. I think it, I can't remember who it was with. I think it's when Nuno went through the stage of like not using a lot of subs. Um, and people are saying kids aren't going to want to come here because they're not going to get game time. They're not going to play. But if I was 19, 20 playing abroad and Wolves were in the Europa League said, right, I want you, we want you to come play for us. Regardless, really, I think if they said, right, you're going to be a squad player, you'd probably say yes, regardless. Would say you? You'd like, probably get a move to the championship if it didn't work out. Well, that's what I mean. You probably, I know, saying you know, why would you join Wolves as a kid? You probably say yes because all you know, same with Jimenez. Jimenez got an injury. Campana came in for a game, scored one or two goals. He could be the new number nine next season. All you could need, be, like, happened to so many players. Rafa waiting in the wings. <laughs> Rafa Oh, he's another one as well. Yeah, Been linked man. with Atletico Madrid. Don't know what's going on there. Um, lost in translation, that. Uh, probably, probably Atletico Madrid. B or Castillo or the Atletico Wigan yeah <laughs> uh, I mean let's quickly shoot through the rest of these um, can you see us bringing in quality to compete for European places again next season um, no I actually can't you can't see a big winner I th- it is going to be as I think we've said it is going to be a very very we interesting one. we need one yeah. but I just don't think we're going to see I'd like us to bring in like three players for like 30 million you know, yeah. real intent, or like two players for like forty million each, something like that. That's what I'd love to see, but I just don't think I just don't think we will. I don't think that's anything to do with the market. I just, I just, I just don't think that Wolves will, will do that. But yeah. they need to, I think. Jay Wilkes has said, "My question would be why for two seasons have we operated with only one striker? Although obviously we have played with two strikers." quite a lot last season as well how would either of the last two seasons have played out if Raul had got a long term injury and wouldn't he be even better if he was fresh can't go on for another season I mean we've addressed that and we we have said a backup striker is needed really and obviously it's going to be even more of a concern if Raul does move on Um, so yeah I think we've more or less answered that one as Mm -hmm. well Uh, Lamar Carlin says what are Wolves realistic aims next season both if we get Champions League and if we don't 
can go for Europe again, surely. If you know you're expecting, you're expecting almost a guaranteed top six, or or you'd hope for a top six if Wolves aren't in Europe next season. If we season. aren't in Europe next season, I want us to either. I know these are big expectations, but break into the top six, top five, or win a cup. Oh, win a cup would be unbelievable. As long as we don't have to go through. I I want them to say right next season. Fans are back, but they're going to be in. Not not Wembley. They'll be at neutral grounds next season, and you know we can save Wembley to the final. I can't be doing with a London London trip twice again. That not was painful. Shit is the last one at Wembley. <laughs> that was painful. That was. But yeah, oh, yeah I, I think you know if we're not in Champions League, you've got to be. We've got to be aiming for a European finish, regardless. Get ourselves back in there again. Um, I hope. I really do hope fans. You know, if we if we struggle in the Europa League, we get knocked out. I really hope fans aren't expecting a guaranteed top four next season because I think it could get <laughs> quite messy on social media again. Nah, because we were in, we played Crawley a few years ago, lads. So uh. if we went down, we'd be saying it's uh, uh, as long as we keep improving. Like I said, we players keep improving, keep improving. As long as the club and we improve year on year, then I'm happy. Yeah. Um, if we finished eleventh. And went into an FA Cup semi-final and God forbid lost again and we weren't in Europe then I, yeah, yeah we've gone backwards so as long as we keep improving and I don't mean points totals I mean positions then um, then yeah I'll, I'll be happy so sixth play finish and a, a, an FA Cup would be sound yeah be all over that Jacko uh, has said oh he's put unpopular opinion but with the potential sale of Raul my question is how important is he with the figures being thrown around of 60 to 75 million is that something we can't turn down surely we can replace him easier than the likes of Neves Bolly and even Cody who's going to buy um, Cody <laughs> but, no, like I think he's saying I, I think he's saying if we ever lost those three they would be harder to replace than Raul which I to be honest I disagree with I think there's quite a few players on the continent like Neves, but it's because he's so young and got so much experience already. You could probably go and sign someone who's like 27, 28 who could do the same job as Neves, like as probably as well as him. Um, again, it would cost a lot of money, but I think what Jimenez brings to the team and the system, it would be so hard to just get someone who could integrate straight into that. You will not. It will be so hard to find a player who's going to bag you guaranteed 15 goals in the Premier League. Mm. It's, it'll be so hard to find. And then you're talking big books. I know this season you got the likes of Danny Ings who did really well um, and Vardy again as per. But either of those, I think Ings or Vardy, you're going to spend 40 million, 50 million plus four. Because yeah, I'd like, I like Ings. Well. I really, really like Ings, I think. But I don't think we'd, we'd go for him. And if you'd have said to me at the start of the season, Wolves are going to sign Danny Ings, I'd have been a bit disappointed. <laughs> Yeah. Now, obviously, it's a different story. But he's he's really kept well. fit for the first time in his career, really, hasn't he? Yeah. I think that's a big I thing. Like as well. I think he's a really good player. Very tidy yeah. as well. Like, he's not just a finisher. He's good on the ball. He's quick. Good player. Like yeah. Um, another one on Twitter. Do you think it's more important to keep hold of the big names at the club instead of selling and replacing just to make profit with Fosun as an investment company? I think surely Fosun will look at the club first before realising they're going to make a fair whack on a player. They're going to do what's think, best for the club, I think. Surely. I don't think, like, being sustainable is an issue because yeah. of how how how, our role, how big our roles has been so quickly. Yeah, I don't I don't know, but if someone comes in and offers you eighty million for him, and it's, they're gonna they're gonna say yeah, and I think even Nuno would be like, you know what, what what can you do in this situation? Well, yeah, every every player's got his price, and like you said, Fosun are an investment company. If they were to sell the club now, 
they'd probably make 400 million easily. Because um, I think, aren't Wolves valued? To sell Wolves? Yeah, I think they valued it like 450 million or something like that. Or 400 million. I think it was about 350, but still, it, it is a massive rise. And it they is a massive for what, 35, something like that? Yeah. Yeah. You know, in, in two or three years, they're going to be making at, at least. It's gone quite on that investment front, hasn't it, as well? They said they were looking for investors, what, last year? I mean, there's not really been anything yeah. on that, has there? I mean, really? they, they borrowed £50 million again from the bank. Uh, they did it last season. Yeah, for, I think um, most... Yeah, it's most... just borrowed against the t- TV revenue because the revenue from the Premier League can be like, erratic in terms of when it comes and how much it comes in. So yeah. they just borrowed against it just for cash flow reasons, nothing to worry about. But um, Yeah, it has gone quite quiet, that. I did register to be a... Uh, uh, What's been in? Shares, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't you know how big that. the shares are going to be, but <laughs> yeah. Well, lads, I've just I've just bought 0.01% in one percent in one hundred fifty quid. I've just yeah. brought one of him and his bootlaces. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's enough to buy my new pair. <laughs> um, quickly going on to Instagram, I've got some questions. Do you think our transfer tactics have worked in the past? I know we spoke about this. Uh, this is from Horton O eighteen on Instagram. Should we apply them going forwards or do we need to start spending big to breach the gap to the top four? So I think what he's saying is obviously we've got some very clever signings, but if we want to start knocking on the door, are we going to have to start spending a bit more money? Yeah, I think so. To take us to the next level, um, yeah. I think we are going to have to spend a bit more though. I think this is our transfer record, isn't it? 30 million. Yeah. I think you're going to have to break that again um, this summer. But I don't, know if, I don't know whether they will or not. I mean, interesting, you know, we'll, we'll get a decent yeah. amount of money off the Europa League finish. You know, we're going to get a bit of money off that. Obviously, you've got your Premier League money coming in again. I think we just got, I don't know when the TV thing renews. Whenever that renews, you get a load of money, don't you? You know, when they. Yeah, but like I said, it's a little bit erratic, looking how it, how it yeah. is released. So that's why they borrowed the 50 million. And yeah. well, the, actual, the actual interest on that is probably like one or two million or something. Not a lot of yeah. money, but I'll say that a lot of money. It's more than what you've got. For football. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, what do you think of that chance of winning the Europa I mean this is a question that I know a lot of people have asked uh, this is from Barrett on Instagram I know Adam Sidaway has asked as well what do you think our chances are at winning the Europa League or just predictions of the Europa League if we don't win what will be our chances to qualify next season so I think we've spoke more or less about obviously chances to qualify and we've ch- uh, spoke about European football we'll, we'll leave that for a sec that question uh, the last one's from Matt on Instagram with Arsenal winning the FA Cup, how do you feel with a lack of European football? How will it affect our chances in the transfer market? Obviously, this depends on Europa League too, but who knows? A lot of the questions are much of much just really, Matt. That question we've answered, I think, saying, you know, in terms of signing players, we are probably going to not struggle, but you're probably not going to attract as big a names as you would if you were in European competition. I think that's a given, though. Like, going back to the point I made about like West Ham, there, like, this season, we would have been a more attractive proposition than, than West Ham because, just as an example, because we're in the Europa League, but now, although we are better than them and that's, you know, any, everyone can see that, it's like, well, are you going to attract someone to come and live in Wolverhampton with no Europa League football or are you going to live in London with no European football? That's the only thing yeah. that concerns me a little bit. Um, yeah. But, of course, you are going to attract better players if you're in a more esteemed competition. It's just, it's just common sense, isn't it? So, look, I don't think... We still are an attractive proposition. You're going to come to a club where 
you're going to be playing some really good players. Um, in, you know, experienced players like Patricio and Matinho, good young players like Adama and Neves. We are still going to be attractive, but there are more attractive clubs out there in the league who are going to be, yeah, who are in in Europe. So, would would you rather sign for Everton over Wolves? Well, Everton may pay you a little bit more money, but you know, again. Uh, who knows they're the type of clubs who I think we should be battling with if you look at like Chelsea and stuff he, they'll just blow us out of the water with the, the dough that they've got and the dough that they've spent yeah. I mean bringing Ziyech in uh, Werner potentially Kai Havertz as well like the, uh, they, you know, they're world class players who would get into most teams so again they're going to be improving so I think we'll be competing with teams like Everton um, mm-hmm. in terms of transfer spends and players that we get, we're going after and yeah, I'd probably fancy us over Everton. The only thing that they've got, he probably could pay a little bit more money. So some of their earners, I think like Yerry Mean is on close to like hundred and ten thousand pound a week. It's Madness, ridiculous. absolutely yeah. mad days. And they, uh, not tight on the old purse strings. So again, mm. who knows? Well, let's let's end it with our Europa predictions, Matt. What do you reckon? What round do you reckon we'll get to? Semi final. Semi final against United. I think United might beat us in the semi-final. United into final, I'd assume you reckon. Yeah, yeah. I think you know. I think you know. I think it'll be United into Milan final. Well, I'm gonna back. I'm gonna back it. Uh, let's. I'm gonna say final. Just, just to be different. I'll say the are, final for are Wolves. They win it? Ha- if I speak, game in big trouble. <laughs> if we don't win the Europa League final, I'm just going to avoid him. It's just not going to be worth going out. <laughs> Especially living in West Brom. I've already been yeah. told that we've bottled everything that they're coming for us. So I'll just top it off. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I want us to get to the final, but I, I don't know. Have we got enough to win it? That's that's the big question. But um, guys, if you have enjoyed it today, obviously on the podcast, be sure to leave us a rating if you're listening on uh, Apple Podcasts. Uh, be sure to hit the like button and subscribe to the channel if you're listening on uh, and watching on YouTube. Matt, uh, if people were to find you on social media, where can they find you? Um, M Cooper writes writes in written on Twitter and Instagram. And David, where can I find you? At Dave as a party on uh, on Twitter and obviously for Talking Walls at Talking Walls everywhere. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Uh, Matt, it's been a pleasure. Next time we'll speak, it will be after the Europa League. So fingers crossed, Wolves will be uh, you know have, have a successful finish to the season. And obviously, we'll probably have some more transfer news. But keep an eye out on the socials uh, if you want to get your questions in. Thanks a lot for all the support on the question front as well today. Loads to talk about. Hopefully, you guys are looking after yourself. Keep safe and uh, see you next time.